Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC Podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. Today, we're going to be talking all about Tamori to Milan, Roman Abramovich's desire to bring back Romelu Lukaku, and also we are checking out just how poorly we did with our 2020-2021 season predictions. Now, here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm your host, Mikey, and I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Berth and Chris. How are we, guys, after a week of being uh, European champions? You know what? It's funny you should say two co-hosts. Almost like saying two European trophies. That's all I'm saying. Two Champions Leagues. Still feels really good to say. I'm still really buzzing about it. Still hasn't quite sunk in. I'm so happy. Loving the podcast. Can't wait to do it again. Chris, how are you? Oh, I'm the same as you, Beth. Relishing in being a two-time European champion. Weather's been lovely as well. What's not to like? I mean, we're not ourselves European champions. I'd love, love us to be, but like Chelsea's team, just, <laughs> we are, just in case we anyone got confused. You know what? Actually, we are, because you got to remember that the whole team listened to our show, heard what I said about Kante at the beginning of the season, and thought, we're going to prove you wrong. Just you watch. Man of the match, yeah. both semi-finals and the final. That's very <laughs> nah. true. Very true. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was a good episode as well. I mean, we did a special, obviously, as you all know, that came out on uh, Sunday. Or Monday. No, it was Sunday. Um you all loved it. It's our most popular episode to date, so we're very grateful to uh, say that. So thank you very much for everyone who listened. That that was awesome. So obviously we're going to go straight into the newsroom now and see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. So straight up, as you know, we will be here every week throughout the postseason, bringing you the latest transfer news stories, some topics as well, as we enjoy those lovely summer days in the Northern Hemisphere. For our listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, which we do have, uh, cold days, maybe not so much cold if you're in Australia, but long nights, maybe some snow, certainly not in Australia. Uh, but with the weather, let's throw that weather report out. Uh, busy, busy section, I think this is going to be each week, the news well, new contracts are being signed, sealed and tweeted. Uh, we had so many. It was, do you want another one? Another one? Well, Giroud, one-year extension triggered. Thiago Silva, one-year extended. And, of course, our manager, Thomas Tuchel, new contract, 2024. Will he see it till the end? Probably not, knowing our club, but at least he will get a nice payout. So, Tuchel time. It's been extended. Thoughts, guys, on the big day of contract renewals. Yeah, it all seemingly happened very, very quickly and all happened at once. But um, yeah, I think the Tucker one and the Thiago Silva one was expected. I don't think anyone didn't see that one coming. Um, like I am surprised at the Giroud one. I thought he was sort of destined to leave this summer. Don't get me wrong, I think he's a fantastic player and he'll always be a good professional and a good player to have around the uh, the first team. Um, Caballero leaving again, that one was a bit... Bit of a uh, bit of an obvious one, really. Great servant again. Always done well when he's coming to the team. Oh, he's yes. been solid, truly solid. Yeah, he, you know, especially with the Kepper situation, everything that happened. I thought he handled that situation really well and, and didn't put a foot wrong. So, yeah, I think all of them, you know, were expected other than the Giroud one. And, and yes, yeah, it's been a good news day for Chelsea. Yeah, um, 
I was really happy about the the Tuchel and the the Thiago Silva one. I think we all expected Silva to get another year, and he not only his contribution on the pitch next season, but again his influence around the dressing room will be massive. Uh, Tuchel, I think if anyone can take us through sort of a a transitional period, then it it could be him because he's proved that he can get the young lads in, but still win stuff. And I think that's the key: having that success while you're trying to build a squad that could last for five, six, seven seasons. The Giroud one is a bit, a bit out of left field. I think, have we extended his contract just to get a transfer fee for him? Which I mean, it, makes it was extended sense. back in April. They've only just announced it today. So that's what, are we doing quiet stuff again like we did last year with Ziyech and all that? Makes you think. Yeah, it, it, is, a, it is an odd one because, especially with us so obviously being in the market for another striker, mm. you know, would you really want to stay and be third choice again? Might even be fourth choice if you count Havertz. So I just don't know whether that's just to just to get a fee for him. I, I still wouldn't be shocked if if he ended up leaving. To be honest. Well, yeah, it seemed all agreed that he was off to AC Milan. I mean, last week we didn't just report it because we thought, why not? Um, there were some reliable sources saying he's heading to Italy and Milan on a free. I don't even think they knew. That, that says a lot about our club, how we're conducting business, maybe going forward, which is so crucial to keep it quiet because if it's kept quiet, you get in under the radar, you get maybe sometimes no bidding wars. I know this is obviously slightly different with the contracts, but that's the point. I like it when we kind of have no clue. And then also it's like, at the blue, we've signed ABC or extended. It's like, whoa, it's just, I think it's better in a professional sense. Yeah, yeah definitely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'd say is just don't Google Willie Caballero's name. I did that today when I was trying to find a photo too. You know what's coming. Uh, when I was trying to put a photo on Instagram for it and, oh, my eyes. <laughs> don't do it on Twitter because I got so many OnlyFans links and, it, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, cha- the Champions League team of the season got announced. Uh, Mendy, Azpilicueta, Chilwell, Rudiger, Jorginho, Mount and Kante. All well-deserved, I feel. I don't think we, we left any out. I was quite surprised that uh, we had so many in the side. But, again, I think all of those were... I mean, as per, sorry, not Azpilicueta. Mendy being in the squad, team of the... You know, squad of the season. It, it, the clean sheets alone. He was in, outstanding, you know. I don't know what your thoughts on that team were. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think our defence and Mendy deserve it. I think, what was it? Was it only four goals that we conceded in the yeah. whole of the tournament? And when three you were we Mendy, played, one was Kepa. Yeah, when you consider we played Man City, Real Madrid over two legs, Atletico mm. Madrid over two legs. You know, I mean, these are world-class teams with world-class strikers, and we kept them quiet. Um, so I think, yeah, very, very well-deserved. Um, there's been a bit of a debate. I, I was going to bring it up today, so now it seems like a good time. About Kante for Ballon d'Or. Do we, oh, yes. Now, that, do, what, where do we stand on that at this current climate? After sort of the euphoria of the Champions League final was wore down, where do we actually stand on that now? Do we oh, think he should get it or not? I think he's in the nomination for it because, of, I mean, Champions yeah. League winner, his performances, and of course, you can't, I mean, the, the Ballon d'Or will always be a Champions League earned trophy. I know that's that some people disagree. It is. If you do well in that tournament, you will be in with a shout. Look at Modric. Obviously, you had the World Cup as well, but because he won that Champions League, He's instantly catapulted up there. You know, Ronaldo, Messi, nine times out of ten, they've probably won the Champions League, unless something, obviously. They are kind of Messi-Ronaldo, so in a way, it's like, eh. But 
they're always within a shout because they've won that trophy. And if he wins Euro 2020 with France, I think that it's a shoo-in. I don't see how you could award it to anyone else. But, I mean, this is very, very, very optimistic. If Chow, if that, sorry, if England win the European Championships, what about Mason Mount for Ballon d'Or? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, um, yeah, I can totally see your, uh, your argument you're putting forward. Well, I mean, you don't about that logic as, like, you know, obviously won the Champions yeah. League in Kansas. So, you know, why not Mason Mount? I mean, it depends wrong. how instrumental he would be part of that England squad, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had an English player in the top three for the Ballon d'Or since Lampard and Gerrard, and that was back in 05. So, yeah. yeah. Chris, what you... Oh, to have. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, before I bring Chris in, I'll... We're talking Mason Mount. Nominations this week, Premier League Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, and the PFA Young Player of the Year. Do you think he'd actually pick any of those awards up, though? No, I don't. Just just down to the... I'm not saying he shouldn't. I think yeah. he should. I think he should at least pick up Young Player of the Year. Um, but I don't think he will because there's there's more PR and excitement around Phil Foden, who I think will win both of those. I think he'll win Young Player of the Year and PFA Young Player of the Year. Um, mm. I, d- I don't think he should. Uh, you know, When you're thinking Mounts of a similar age has had more of an impact on our team, I would say, than Foden has on Man City. Man City won the league, but that wasn't, necess- that wasn't really down to Phil Foden. I mean, I could argue that Gundogan had more of an, an impact on them winning the league than Phil Foden did. Yeah. We we did win the Champions League, so it would be a shame if Mount got overlooked for at least one of those those awards. Um, the Kante thing, the reason why I think he, he deserves to at least be in the conversation for top five, if not breaking into that top three, is the Luka Modric argument. Now, some, I've seen someone on Twitter as well saying about people wanting Kante to win the Ballon d'Or, and then they started throwing loads of stats out there about he doesn't do this and he doesn't do this. But neither does... That, that year when Luka Modric was, was up there, he didn't have amazing stats either. The problem is now football fans, well, so-called football fans, all they look at is stats, not their actual influence on, on the team. We would never have won the Champions League without N'Golo Kante. That, that is categoric, 100%. Oh, yeah, 100% agree. So you've got to look at his impact on the team winning the winning our team winning that. Like you said, Mikey, if he wins, plays really well and wins Euros with France as well, he's got to be in that top three. You know, Ronaldo had a brilliant season at Juventus individually, but didn't win anything of over significance at the Italian Cup. Messi had a good season at Barcelona, but again, didn't win anything. Mm. You know, Kante had a had a good season. And has backed it up with trophies. If he goes to the Euros and wins it with Francois, he's got to be in that top three for me. It's only really, I think, Lewandowski who yeah. can argue that he deserves it more. 100%, but or Lewandowski. But on the Lewandowski point, it's a brilliant season for him, and breaking the record is incredible. That is going to stay. Yeah, that will be a big they, shout. They, 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 they didn't do a lot in the Champions League, which, like you said, Mikey, is the thing really. Ballon d'Ors look at more than domestic leagues, so that I think could go against it. There. I mean, with Kante as well, you could say if we're going based on stats, he scored no goals in 48 games for Chelsea this season. So it, it, you can use stats to prove anything. Like you said, it's the influence yeah. on his 
the position. You know, he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> score goals. I don't. He scored once. I, did he? He has scored once for us, I think, or a few he times. But... He scored. He scored about four yeah, or five goals. For us. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. On talking of players that score goals, we certainly do need them. A uh, big piece of news was that Romelu Lukaku. Update after update all week. The latest is Roman wants him back at the bridge. And then there was talk today that Haaland as well. Who knows? But on Wednesday, Romelu said on VTM, I'm staying at Inter. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but I've already talked to who will become our new manager, which was Simone Inzaghi. It was a positive chat. And then I'm fine at Inter. The Athletic dropped out news that Lukaku, Hakimi and Declan Rice are our proposed targets. Uh, This Lukaku thing, though... um, I, my opinion, I feel that he's kind of got no choice but to sort of say that as Chelsea have not made any move for him. And he's not going to be agitating for a move. Again, this is all opinion. This isn't based on any sources, it's just opinion. He's not the kind of player that's going to come out and say on TV, I want to move. I don't. It would just be unprofessional and probably a bit silly as well, especially if Chelsea don't make a move or say another side make a move, don't decide to, and then you're stuck on a squad that know that you want it out. You know, whether you're the best player or not, they then know. What, what do you feel on it, guys? No, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think he was ever going to come out on TV and say, oh, I'm going to Chelsea and, and this and that, um, because he's a professional at the end of the day and, and, you know, he's contracted to Inter and he doesn't want to like, unsettle anyone there. So, you know, he was never going to come out and say, yeah, I'm going to Chelsea. Um it's an interesting one with transfer you sort of have to take everything with a pinch of salt and this Lukaku one is going to be the one that sort of stays around till the end of the summer it feels you know there's always one every transfer window that just sort of stays around for ages and ages and eventually gets done sort of a day before the transfer window closes Fernandez one was a perfect example of that um, so it's early talk I mean look I think we all agreed that we need someone to come in and, and kill games off whether that be the crowd midfielder or a, a lethal striker, we need someone to come in and kill games off. Will it change our dynamic? We've been through this. Yes, it possibly could, but we want to win games. We want to win games by a large margin. So, Rukaku would make us better. I'm not going to get my hopes up yet that we're going to sign him or Haaland or Harry Kane or whoever. So, I think we just need to sort of take everything with a pinch of salt for the time being and just sort of... When um, Fabrizio Romano goes, here we go, that's I think when we need to start getting excited. Very true. Chris... Yeah, I think what people don't realise with these sort of transfers sometimes is that might be Lukaku's genuine opinion at the time that he was asked the question. Like you said, Mike, if we haven't made any contact with his agent or his representatives, we've made no contact with Inter Milan, and it's all just rumour and speculation, you wouldn't, as a player, go on TV and say, oh, I want to leave. Because I don't. I, I genuinely don't think that maybe he doesn't want to leave Inter. Um you know, that, that could be an option. It's not saying that he won't leave, though. It just means yeah. that he, he's he's sort of happy either way. If he if he has to stay at Inter, then he'll stay quite happily. But if we did go in for him, I think he'd happily move as well. I, I don't think he's really angling for a move, but it doesn't mean he wouldn't be interested if one materialised. He may not have any choice either. I mean, Inter Milan may look at the offer and say, we want to take it. And then if the club are saying to him as a player, we want the money, we need you to leave. I think that, you know, it becomes a different question there. Mm. So on with birth, I think this is one that, that could rumble on. I think our, our search for a striker isn't going to be as plain sailing as some people thought. You know, 
a couple of weeks ago, it was Harry Kane's on the market, Haaland's on the market, Lukaku's on the market. And now you could quite easily see all three of them staying at the clubs that they're at. And then it becomes a completely different problem yeah. as to do, do we go out and sign a striker that we didn't really want that wasn't in, in our top three just to get someone in or do you just stick with what we've got? Yeah, there's loads of options out. I mean, we know, obviously, there's another outgoing we've got, which will be for Kao Tomori to Milan. Um, it, it, for me, the option to buy clause was quite possibly one of the stupidest decisions we've done in recent years. I also found it this week incredibly cheeky that Milan tried to reduce the fee by apparently €3 million. Euros. I mean, come on, fuck's sake. Yeah, this is almost Arsenal-Suarez territory. You know, you've got a player who improved your defence. You know, he helped secure Champions League football for the side. And you're going, mm, mm, over €3 million. Just pay it. You know, at the end of the day, you agreed to that fee for a reason. Pay the fee, which I believe they have now, and just move forward. Otherwise, you start to think, what's this about? I, I don't know. I, just, I think it's a bit, a bit Suarez-y for me, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah I, can, I can see what you're saying, yeah. Um, with the Declan Rice thing, the rumour on that, what's, you know, this is a player that was told, he, he he was part of the downfall of Frank Lampard's tenure because he kept pushing for the signing, what we were told. What's changed since December that all of a sudden it's acceptable to have Declan Rice on the list? Uh, that's not a, a, a slight to Declan Rice, but I don't understand what, what's changed. No, I know what you're saying. I don't... I think, to be fair to Declan Rice, he's had an absolutely incredible season. So I, I think he sort of gave himself a bit more attention than people thought he was going to give himself. I think no one expected him and West Ham to be that good this season. So when sort of Lampard went, people just thought, nah, it's just Declan Rice. But he's kicked on since Lampard's gone and he's, you know, kept himself in that limelight. So big credit to him. And me personally, I would go out and sign Declan Rice. I think it's someone that would be crucial to our midfield. I think it'd be a better option. People are going to hate me for saying this, but I think he would be a better option than Kovacic and Jorginho with Kante um, because he's a lot more disciplined, a lot more physical, moves the ball a lot quicker uh, and can drive defenders as well. So I think he's the complete package in midfield. And of course, if you're playing a five-back as well, he can slot in at centre-back if you really need him to. So for me, you know, he's had a fantastic season. I think he's sort of credit to himself that he's got got himself sort of back in the limelight and um, got himself some uh, transfer attention. Chris, yeah. Do you, do you know what I think it might? Do you know what I think it might be as well, though. Maybe the board trust that Tuchel can get the best out of players more than Lampard did. You've got to remember that the board did hand Lampard a lot of high-profile signings, and he, mm. he really struggled to get the best out of really any of them. So maybe they was looking at Declan Rice, thinking he's another player that we let go, and we'd have to re-sign. So you take almost a, a reputation hit on that, and then. Would Lampard get the best out of him? Maybe they were worried about that. Whereas with Tuchel, you know, he's got the best out of pretty much all of all of those big money signings since in the short space of time that he's been in. I think all of those players have improved. Um, so they might trust his judgment a little bit more. The, my problem with Declan Rice is if we are going to keep this system with the the double pivot in the the three four three formation. I just don't see what Declan Rice adds in there that Kovacic and Jorginho don't do. Mm. I agree with what Berth just said. Declan Rice can drive forward a little bit more with the ball, but I've just looked at his stats now. 32 appearances in the league. He got two goals and one assist. And we're talking about we have a lack of creativity in the middle. He certainly does not solve that problem. I just don't think for £80 million, which is the rumour that how much he's going to cost, he doesn't solve... 
it's almost making a signing that doesn't that solves a problem we haven't got. Kante, that those are the sort of stats I would expect to see from Kante, and we certainly don't need to replace him at the moment. Declan so, mm. uh, was long term could replace Kante, I guess, but for now, yeah, signing for now, I think we need a midfielder who's more creative. I just don't see what he adds for that sort of price tag. Um, your Manchu which is Matt on Twitter, did drop a question in. Did a two-parter, actually, but it's kind of convenient we've mentioned the all three names on the one. If you had to pick outside of... You can only make one signing outside of Rice, Lukaku or Haaland. Who would you pick? We'll do a quick fire. I, 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 was, uh, I, I suppose we need a defender. I mean, yeah. a centre-back would be good to slot in because Thiago's obviously not oh. getting any younger. Mine would I be... Would, I would keep Declan Rice. I, I, just, I would go for Declan Rice. I think... I think he's just a very sensible option. I think he would, even though on the circuit may not seem to make a massive difference, but I, um, I, I do genuinely think it, it, it'd be a game changer for us. I really do. So outside of Declan Rice, you'd pick Declan Rice. Oh, <laughs> nah, no, fair play. I, no, I, I, I just I can't see anyone else other than Declan Basuma? Rice. I, I just yeah, Basuma. He himself. He really I, you know what? Sorry, yeah. I tell you what. I tell you, he's a great shout, and he never ever gets talked about. He's world class. Yuri Tielemans, or Tielemans. Yeah, I doubt Leicester would sell to us. No, I totally agree. They wouldn't, but... Well, you know I mean, like, you know, £80 million for him, you'd take that all day long, wouldn't you? Because I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Chris? Uh, if, I had to, if I had to pick aside from those three, I think Hakimi's a good option. And I'll tell you why. I think it's because it solves two problems. He's a very good attacking right wing-back. He's had a brilliant season <laughs> into the lab. He can also play left wing-back if we needed him to if Emerson and Alonso was going to move on, for example. But it also allows us to move Reese James to right centre-back, which also solves a problem at centre-back. So I think Akimi would be a pretty good option. If not, if we wanted to look in that midfield option still, I think Ruben Neves from Wolves is an option. He's Ooh, young, yes. he has an incredible passing yeah. range. He's, he's got an incredible set-piece as well. Has it? He's like he's an all-round midfielder. I think Ruben Neves. Yeah. I think. He didn't have the best season at Wolves, but he can certainly do a lot going both directions. I think his defensive work is a little bit underrated, and he's got a great shot on him from outside the box, as we all know. But he is quite creative as well, and I think that solves more of our centre mid problems than, say, Declan Rice would. That's a good shot. So that's the news out of the way. Um, we're going to be back, listeners, after this. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back, listeners. It's that time of the year again. As the season ends, we open up the spreadsheet, the Word documents, look back at our predictions from before the season began, laugh as I'm sure I chose West Ham to be relegated and David Moyes to be the first out the door to get his P45, which in the UK is that fun bit of piece of paper you get given by your boss to tell you that you're fucking shit. Now get out the hell out of my building. Um, we're going to crack this open and check how wrong we are. I'm literally doing it right now because I haven't looked at these since I made them, which was apparently the 20th of September of last year, so that would be fun. Uh, God, what did I go with? Right, got to scroll down. Right, main. Right, Premier League winner, I went with Man City. And top four, well, top six... Oh, mm. actually, not bad. I went with Liverpool, Chelsea, United, Arsenal and Wolves. Uh, how did we all do, guys, on that? Well, I went for Liverpool, <laughs> um, Man City, 
Chelsea, Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal oh, in fourth place. So Man, well. U- Man United then sixth place. I think I said Wolves. Oh, no one saw Leicester. No one saw West Ham. I mean, I don't think any of us did. Uh, Chris, no, I, you... <laughs> I, I, sorry to interrupt, but I actually listened to the podcast that we did the predictions in the season, and we were so, slating West Ham and David Moyes, and yeah, <laughs> it's quite incredible looking back now, thinking how badly we got that one wrong. I mean, Wolves came in thirteenth. Oh, oh, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much hype, Chris. Uh, I had Man City to win the league, so spot on there. Nice. Uh, top six I had Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham, and Arsenal. Basically, yeah. the traditional top six. Yeah. I don't know why we keep doing. It, to be fair, I think we need to get out the habit of that's the top six because let's uh, face it, it's mm. not anymore, is it? I'm not picking Arsenal next year. I'm not doing it. Next season is not no. happening. Um, relegated. We. I love this. I've gone with uh, Fulham. Oh, oh, started off well. West Brom starting off yeah. even better, and I ended it with West Ham. <laughs> Go on. What'd you get? I, I went with West Brom and Fulham, and I went with Brighton, which wasn't the worst show. But yours but... is respectable. Yeah, West Ham is that, a massive, massive. <laughs> well, that's way off. That is. I mean. Not that they would, but if any West Ham fans were listening to this, I think they'd be disgusted right now. Just, just 37 points off uh, for, above the uh, drop zone. Uh, Close. Close. Yeah. Oh, if it Chris. makes you feel any better, Mikey, I went for the same three as you. Oh, thank I think you. I listened to the pod as well, and at the time, we were talking about how West Ham was in like disarray. Well, they were they, at the time. That, they'd let, yeah, they'd let that young player go, hadn't they? And all the fans was in uproar. Yeah, yeah. Just being like, yeah, I was going to bad seasons and then they didn't <laughs> yeah it's it's just it's just shows you how predictions how it changes over time i mean we're not defending our great choices but it just happens you know one one look at jesse lingard you would never have seen that turn of form and how it evolved that west ham side obviously it tailed off a bit towards the end but wow what a few games he had you know phew, uh, simple as that really um what was the next line i've got promoted this is decent. I went with Watford, Norwich, and Swansea. Obviously, Swansea got to the finals. So that's something. Uh, you guys? Yeah, I went for Watford, Norwich, and for some unknown reason, I went for Bristol City. <laughs> I remember that. I do remember that as well. You know what? I'll, go on, I'll, I'll, I'll shout them out here. Right. So I play cricket with um, a lad called Tom, whose dad is Keith Downing. He used to play professional football for Wolves, West Brom, was assistant manager at West Brom. And he went to Bristol City as assistant manager to, I can't remember who the manager was at the start of the season. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to pick Bristol City because of that reason. And yeah, it, it didn't go very well. 19th listeners, by the way, if you wonder. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I That's... went for, I went for Watford, Norwich. I think those were the two obvious ones. Yeah, they? true, true. I, I went Swansea as well, which losing playoff finalists isn't bad it's not a bad shout you know we, we could have done worse i think if it would i would have probably picked now in hindsight probably still gone i'd have gone with bournemouth or swansea because the parachute payments and the money and the players they kept it, it's just what it is you know i mean i wouldn't be shocked if next season obviously predicting it a bit early but sheffield united i could see still tanking but the other two sides i could see fulham and west brown easily bouncing back if they keep the core of their squads because you know they have that benefit with the parachute payments but maybe it'd be a bit more open next year. It's a difficult, it's always so difficult to predict. 
Um, surprise team of the season, which is ironically called the Sheffield United Award, which they were surprising this season, so they still keep that. Uh, I picked Newcastle and Leeds. I don't know how I feel about that. Now, I don't know. Maybe they were surprising. Leeds were never run out of gas. I mean, gas even. They kept going to the end of the season, so fair play. And Newcastle did surprise us. They were they were relegated, if we were honest. We were like, they're going to go down. And then they bounced back, so, eh, yeah. I, to be um, fair, I, I don't think bad shouts, to be honest, because no, Leeds, and then Newcastle, I, I think it was a surprise for everyone, including Newcastle fans, that they stayed up. <laughs> well, yeah, they finished um, 12th, so that's not bad. No. No. Above a Southampton side, who were in 15th Southampton hit, and remember, they were in the top six at one point. Whoa, yeah, that was how terrible. that fell apart. Um, Berth? Yeah, I, uh, I went for Leeds as well. Um I went for Everton, which again I don't think that really fell they fell off. Yeah, that that's gone a bit sour now as well with Ancelotti going. So mm. another yeah. bad prediction in my in my book, but never mind. We move. Uh I don't think we heard Chris. What what which one did you pick, Chris? Uh I went for Everton as well. I think to be fair, when we say surprise, we, we obviously mean in a good way. <laughs> in a way, good way, but... yeah. But Everton was a surprise in a bad way as well. When you look at where they finished from where they was, oh you know, yeah, true. I remember, yeah. like at the start of the season, people were talking about them potentially winning the league with the way that they started, and then they ended up finishing below Arsenal, which is absolutely shocking. Mm. Uh, and I also went for Crystal Palace. Oh, just they're just the norm. They just sort of yeah. do the same thing every year. They did make good signings, but I don't know what happened. I, I thought Batshuayi was going to be better. I, I listened to it earlier, the podcast, and that was what yeah, I based you, that on. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, it's, we've got to stick with the Sheffield United Award just because they were the surprise team of the season, but in a yeah. totally different way to they were last season. Um, disappointing team of the season. Yes, I picked Fulham, which I think we were all like, yeah. But even better, Southampton. Oh, get in. I'm so happy that I picked them. I mean, at the start of the season, that would have looked horrific where they were but where they finished you've got to say yeah they were disappointed uh guys did you redeem yourself um i actually think i mentioned west ham but i'll gloss over that one um Ooh. and I, I think i went for burnley <laughs> as well which i don't um, think is a worse shout i mean they haven't really been great but they haven't really been bad either so they're dripping burnley 1.5 million dice spent and he still kept them up it's impressive you gotta say it's impressive stuff over there yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're fantastic. The Burnley will always just be what they are. What I said, mm. Sean Dyke has done a fantastic job. They play 4-4-2, Chris Wood up top. You know, it's just... Get the ball £40 million pounds worth, apparently, Chris Wood is valued at. Wow. Well, one of, one of our hosts wanted him yeah, to come to Chelsea. I did. Not for that much. Not <laughs> that, I thought he'd be half of that figure, not, let alone 40, but wow. Um, Chris, what did you get? Uh, I went for Burnley as well, which... To be honest with you, I don't know why I did it because aside from getting relegated, could Burnley really disappoint? I'm not. I don't think they can. Can yeah. they? Aside from going down, that's the, if they stay up, it's a good season for them. Yeah. And then uh, uh, I also went went for Leeds, so we'll just move on. Move yeah, on. we'll move on. Um, <laughs> top scorer. Well, this was just abysmal. I, I went with Aubameyang, so we can all yeah. laugh. That that I went, I, went, that. I went with him as well. I went with Mohamed Salah. I was one off. One off. I can't oh. believe, right, none of us went for Harry Kane. I know. I, know, yeah, I, that. That. I mean, I, I was just, I've just looked at the top goal scorers. Gareth Bale got more, Ian Acho, Chris Wood, Callum Wilson. Ilkel Gundogan got more goals than Aubameyang. Oh, yeah, but he, he was on form last season. Well, the season before, but 
it's it's one of them. Uh, the best new signing. This is difficult. I picked Timo. He did a lot for our team, but he's certainly not the best new signing. Not even for Chelsea, the best new signing. No, so, I mean I I went for Timo as well, and and yeah. I picked Allen for Everton because I thought. Alan. You know, did he play? Well, yeah. Play much? Yeah, he did. He did play. He did play, but the oh, thing is, him and Decore, oh. yeah, him and Decore don't really. They're, they're not ones that like show, like you can't look at their stats and go, oh my god, they're really bad. They're just one of them that don't get goals or assists. Oh yeah, to how people play. Twenty four games so, he played in the Premier League, and I have no memory of any of them. Yeah, even so, he wasn't really that amazing, and he didn't really influence Everton much. But it could be worse. Yeah. Uh, Right, just before I say mine, one thing I would say is even if you asked me now, now the season's finished, who's been the best new signing this year? I still couldn't answer that question. So I don't think any of us can be too embarrassed by anyone that we picked. Ruben Diaz. So hard. Yeah, Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I think his season's been a bit overrated, to be honest. You know, I, I've watched him three times against us and he wasn't great in any of them. I watched him against Leeds at home and he wasn't great in that either. To be you fair, know, it's that's against of... the European champions, you know. Yeah, are... <laughs> yeah that, is, that is very true, Chris. I mean, come on, right. we are European yeah, so... champions. Two-time European champions. Yeah. Who did you pick, then? Uh, I went for Ferran Torres at Man City. Been solid. Who, I, think he a, I think he was a solid sign-in. I don't think he was a, a best new sign-in. Yeah, I and think And then all... uh, yeah. I mentioned... Which one? And, you know, Gareth Bale. Mm. He wasn't. He was solid enough, but not... Best new signing yeah, level. I see your point. Uh, worst signing. Well, I didn't do too bad. I put Oliver Burke at Sheffield United. And if you want big names, I put Fabio Silva at Wolves. I'd agree. I think both of them were a bit meh. Though, in my yeah. opinion, the worst signing was William. It, it is. It <laughs> so is. Yeah. But you guys? You know what? I actually think I've been quite well with my uh, guests as well. I went for um, Matt Duckerty. Which I don't think is the oh, worst yeah. shot in the world. Not bad. Like, you know, he's not been great at Tottenham. He's hardly played that much. Or he has been ahead of him for the most part. But when he has played, he hasn't been that great. So I don't think that's the worst shot in the world. Mm. Chris? Uh, I went with Rodrigo at Leeds. Which... Difficult, isn't it? I mean, I think, he's been better. I think he's been better than I was expecting. But still not £30 million good, I don't think. No. Um, we'll quickly go through this one because obviously we can't really do it to a point because obviously it hasn't been announced. But player of the year, I went with De Bruyne, surely. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, he's not even nominated. But, uh, oh, is he? Oh, I don't know. I can't I be, yeah, I can't yeah, be bothered to look now. Um, I have a quick peek. Oh, he is. Okay, I'll shut up. Yeah, right, who did you pick? <laughs> I went with De Bruyne as well. Yeah. And I went Mo Salah. Oh, fair play. Fair play. Um, young talent. I, I picked Ben White at Brighton. I put we'll make a step up and do well. Well, he has. Uh, that's a fair shout. Yeah. So, you guys? Uh, I think I went with uh, Ethan Ampadu. Oh, that's a bad one. Yeah, right <laughs> bottom at Sheffield United, and he was a centre-back. <laughs> um, so... How did you do, Chris? Uh, Conor Gallagher. So... Mm. I don't so know. I win that one. That's uh, that's at yeah. least one thing I'll win. Nothing to be fair, I don't think Conor Gallagher or Ethan Ampadu have actually been bad for their respect, uh, respective teams. But because oh, they've both gone no. down and been relegated, they've looked a lot worse than they have been. But I think they've been all right. Oh, don't worry. The next, I've got the next one in the bag. But after that, it goes downhill. Uh, one to watch. 
uh, Eberichieze, and I did put Lamptey in brackets, but Eze, he's been incredible. And yeah, Sakili's like gone, and I could cry because we all know what that can do to you. And you're like, ah, oh, is he going to be the same player? Is he going it, to? It's 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 awful, awful. And I hope he gets back to full fitness and the player he, he is and reaches his potential. But what did you guys pick? Uh, I went with Pulisic, which Oof. is uh... I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah. Well, he's a European champion. I've done yeah. that before. Great play. We are European champions, we two are. time European champions. Uh, Chris? Well, Mikey, you may have thought you'd won this one, but I don't oh, think you no. did because I went with Ollie Watkins. Can't argue there. Can't argue. It's pretty Ollie Watkins. Think, I actually think Scored like better. It's a good shout, Ollie Watkins. I like that. Uh, you well, can't say that. I, I can say that. I can say that because I actually love watching Eze play, whereas I think Watkins is quite wasteful. I love, oh, I don't love get me wrong. Watkins, Watkins is a great shout, but I think, I think Eze. I just love, I prefer watching him play football, and I think he's just really, really talented. Don't get me well, wrong. Watkins is yeah, fantastic as agree. well. But I mean, yeah. we'll fire through these before we hit the Euros. Uh, first Prem manager to go, David Moyes. I knew I'd picked it. You guys? Yeah, David Moyes. Yeah, I had Moyes as well. Yeah, hilariously wrong. So be it. Yeah. Uh, Champions League winner. I didn't pick Chelsea because I didn't see it happening. I went with Bayern Munich. They didn't do that well. No, I um, I didn't pick two-time European champions Chelsea. I picked uh, I picked Real Madrid. Who we beat? The European champions beat Hell, yeah, Chelsea. we did. To be honest, I, I think Berth wins this one because I went Juventus. So, oh, oh, Porto yeah. conquered them. Um, yeah. This one's even worse. I pick Europa League winner, and then in brackets we go furthest non-third place side. Uh, AC Milan. Oh. I um, I pick Napoli. Just pulling up the Europa League now. See what happened because I forgot. I don't what know what happened to Napoli. I knew that was in it, and then they weren't. I was. I'd not that's how it works was... actually. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously that's how it works. But I mean, no, they just disappeared. I'd, I didn't even realize they got beat by anyone. I think they just vanished. <laughs> oh, I don't know that... who did beat Napoli actually. Yeah, did they just just quit? Did they like they gave up and not turn up or, or something? Because I don't know who or what happened. I'm trying to put it up now. It's really annoying that it just oh I've got 2021. No, that is the season. Why is it doing that? It's taking me to the wrong uh, group stage. Right, the knockout phase. Napoli got through, lost to Granada in the first knockout round. Well, oh, cheers, God. Napoli. Thanks. Um, Milan lost to Man United, obviously. And which which what did you go for? Was it? <laughs> I can't remember. I know, I know who Chris went for. Who was it? Um, yeah. I went for Tottenham. And they they, 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 they lost to Zagreb. I was that shot. Yeah, so absolutely all. We're equal there. We're, yeah, one of them. One of them. And the best one for me, random prediction. Well, this is hilarious. I said Guardiola's final season. And then he signed a new deal. I, um, I actually got this one yeah. spot on. I said Mourinho sat before Christmas. Yeah. I was listening to the pod earlier, and I, when I heard you say that, Berth, I thought, wow, he's, he's got that absolutely bang on fair play. Well, it wasn't that yeah. but... No, but like, it's, it's, uh, let's give me some credit here. That's nah, a solid one. Um, Chris? Uh, I went for Leeds fans to turn on Bielsa. Oh, my so, God, I remember that. Yeah. It was ah, yes, this is the moment I've been waiting for. Where, where Chris oh, goes so... back into his hole and digs his hole even deeper. <laughs> What I would say is after they lost 6 2 at Old Trafford, there was discontent. Yeah, that's true. And then, that is true. then they pulled it back, you know, fair play to them. And then they didn't lose in 12. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Three goals. 
to be fair, no one expected Patrick Bamford to score that many goals in the Premier League. We all thought. Yeah, that's true. Um, we'll we'll speedily move on. We'll 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 do it all again next year and be wrong again. Um, yeah. Euro 2020 is obviously kicking off next week, and we're going to be covering it from a Chelsea view. You know, uh, we'll be watching it all because football, soccer, football. Let let's have a wild stab at predicting how the next month and a bit is going to go. Um, winner France, simple reason. N'Golo Kante, you know, you can see his place as the world's greatest midfielder right now. Get his name on the list with a Ballon d'Or. He'll lift the crown. Generally, I don't see any weak areas in this side. Uh, guys, who have you got? Yeah, I think France just look way too good. Their depth is ridiculous. It's quite yeah, kind of scary how, how good it is. Um, so I just can't see past France. I agree with you guys about France, but then not my prediction. And I'll tell you why. I think this tournament will be one that gets gradually worse as it goes on because all the top players played so many games and they'll just start to get fatigued as it goes on. So I think it'll be more of a surprise winner this year. He's so going North Macedonia. Oh, yeah, I've got top shelf. Um, funnily enough, you say Italy as well to win it. I've got the Dark Horses. Uh, there's so many few, There's so many teams that look solid on paper. I mean, you've got Denmark. They shocked everyone in 92, so you could say why not 21. Um, Italy and Netherlands, you know, they've fallen giants and now they've got back up i i want to say denmark but i'd like turkey you know because they could be amazing or just dreadful and their group and players italy switzerland wales none of whom impossible to beat they've got obviously top players they've got yilmaz selic uh Yuziki. they've all won liga with leal um soyunku it's, it's a top team it's a top top team the the wild card bet for me is turkey safe bet would be denmark but what do you guys who have you got down uh, my dark horse, and I, I'm very tentative with this, is uh, is England. I was going to say, how you can't pick that. They're, they're, they're one of the favourites. They're not, though. <laughs> no, we've been on this planet for long enough to realise we're not the favourites here. There's no oh, way no. we're going to win it. But in the back of my mind, we are fantastic. We've really good, got really good players, and mm. no one's even thinking we're going to win it. So maybe we could win it. I don't know. Oh, maybe. If not, I think, you know, I was going to say Denmark, to be fair, but I thought, why not? England, yeah. let's get behind them. Uh, Chris? I don't know whether you'd class them as a dark horse again, though, because they're similar to England. I'd say Portugal. Yeah, Portugal. No one ever votes. Yeah, they're never favourites, apart from maybe in Euro 2004, but they're always there or thereabouts. That's the thing with them. Yeah. Um, biggest flop. Oh, I'm divided. I can't pick between Germany or Spain. Because I don't think they're as strong as they've been in recent years. What edges it for me to say Germany is Spain 6, Germany 0. And that result in the Nations League was just shameful. They were not beaten. They were humiliated. And it was a good side. And I watched Germany the other night and I still wasn't convinced. And I think Wenger had said this as well. So great minds. Um, when, when players know a manager's leaving, they, the drive isn't, isn't there as much. And we know Joachim Love's going... I could see Germany literally capitulating, especially because they're in that group of death as well. I mean, they'll still get through because it's the best third-place side, but, you know. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um, I personally think it would be Holland because I think... Frank De Boer is terrible. So yeah, bad. De Boer. No. I can't believe he's the manager of Holland. Um, I, on paper, I don't think the team's actually that good. I've got some talent, don't get me wrong, and if they get it right, that they'll be there or thereabouts, but I just think they never really click at a tournament, so they always seem to disappoint, even though they've got to a couple of World Cup finals, they've still not won the big one or, or the yeah. Euro. So I do well, they, they, they definitely they definitely won the Euros. 
before. Oh no, sorry, they've won the Euros. Yeah. They've won the World <laughs> Cup. Sorry, yeah. Rude Holly yeah, will I, definitely I, argue that. Yeah, sorry, I, I just do think they'll they'll flop again though the Euros this year. Yeah, uh, Chris. You know what? I always like to go for something which, if it happens, makes you sound like you're a genius. But if it, which it probably doesn't, so then you sound. I've like got the leads coming. That's I, know where, I know where he's going. I know oh, where he's going. I'm gonna say France. Yeah. Oh, I think. Oh, just, I just think in that group, France. They did really well in the last World Cup, but then they have had a habit. You've got to remember before that of freezing at, at tournaments, especially when they're favourites, and they've got to be favourites for this. So will they handle the pressure in that group as well? You know, they could get off to a bad start, and that could affect them. So why not? Let's go with France. Um, to be fair, another one. Sorry, I'm surprised no one's actually said Belgium. It always seemed to get yeah. a lot of sort of yeah. praise, and with the players they got, you think they're going to do well, and they never really do well. So I think Belgium should uh, be an interesting team to watch. Uh, England, where mm. they what they're going to do? I've put semi-finals because uh, why the fuck not? <laughs> why not? Um, you picked to win, so in dark no, horse. I didn't. I didn't pick them to win. I just said they'd be dark horses. <laughs> I do just think they they can upset a lot of teams. I really do think they can. Um, if they play attacking, strong, positive football, but they won't, and they'll probably get knocked out of the quarterfinals on penalties by some rubbish team like Switzerland. No offense, uh, Switzerland. Chris? Right. I might be wrong in saying this, but don't we? doesn't our group play the group of death team? Yes, if you top I the think group. We, yeah, that round then, whatever round that is. Yeah, it's a good shot. Um, well, yeah, well, they expanded we, it so many times, you sort of forget. Yeah, 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 I think it's the round of 16 it would be. Um, yeah, well, that one. Will help. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the Golden Boot. Now, I've gone Lukaku because these awards are often won in the group stages. Belgium sit in a group comprising of Russia, Denmark and Finland. I could see him earning the crown just in that group. Harry Kane did it at the World Cup, didn't he? So, uh, group stages for me. It's easily won. What do you guys go with? Um, I'm going to go with Harry Kane again because I just think he's... Brilliant, and I think um, if he does well, England will do well this season, uh, this summer. Um, and I just think he'll he'll get goals every comes up against. Yeah, I agree with you, Berth. I'll go for Harry Kane as well. I think I'm with Berth earlier as well, where he said he thinks Belgium might disappoint, and I mm. think they might. And I think that will hold Saku back in terms yeah. of winning the Golden Boot. So right. I think Harry Kane will probably a couple of penalties in there. <laughs> always the way, always the way. Um. Finally, the player to watch, who's going to likely be the talk of every major club, uh, a.k.a. the Euro 2004 Milan Barish Award. Sweden's Alexander Isaac and Ukraine's Viktor Zhukenkov. Yeah, you're impressed by that pronunciation. I know everyone is. But I like both of them. I think that they could be... They're under the radar, but not quite so much. I mean, Zhukenkov is. He definitely is, because I'm sure many people are thinking, never heard that name before. Well, that's Zhukenkov. So just, just getting that practice in that I did all week. I, I like him. I think he's a top player. And Isaac, they, he's been about for a while. But he's still quite young. I could see him having a good tournament. Um, what have you guys gone with here? Um, I've actually gone for a Chelsea player. And I'm going to go with uh, Kai Havertz. I just think after having a strong end to the season, he's seemingly getting better and better and gaining more confidence um, and as, getting his as, form back. As, I, as long as no one drops massive bids in. That's what we don't want. No, true. I'm, I mean... We're European champions, two times. Oh, yeah, we champions. are. So I don't know if I've mentioned it before on this pod, but we are. Just so, the two you know, times we're European champions. But, um, yeah, I think it'll, it'll be really vital for Germany. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how well he plays. So, for him. 
Chris, round it off for us. Uh, I've gone with uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini from Roma. He's he's had a he had a good end to the season with Roma, aside from probably the last month when they fell away in the league. But mm. his season was really good, and I, I think he he could be one of those players who gets a big move after an international tournament. Yeah, I think that's that's a good shout. Um, well, with that, we've, we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. So we're going to do our social media plugs. Uh, where can we all be found? Um, on Twitter, I'm at Chris Burford. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Chris09Adams. And you can find the blog at Pitch Pundits. And you know exactly where you can find myself on Twitter and Instagram as that redhead do. But for all things At The Bridge Pod, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube by searching for exactly that, At The Bridge Pod. Drop us a like, a follow. You keep up to date on all things Chelsea. So, till next time, listeners, that is us signing off.